Welcome to the HSP podcast. I'm Julie Bieland, and I'm a psychotherapist specializing in high sensitivity. And I'm really excited to bring you a series of guest hosts on the podcast. I've chosen these hosts because they have something that I believe will really support you, and each one of them has their own type of specialty. So I think that there will be a lot of value in listening to these episodes. And we invite you to explore more episodes and more resources for the highly sensitive person at sensitiveconnection.com. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, my name is Alex Arnold from Alma Coaching. I am a climate resilience coach, and I am very excited to be with you today for this podcast. The title is Lifting the Cloud of Climate Change. Thank you for being here to listen to this conversation. You are already being very brave because it is not an easy topic. So you're displaying courage in the simple fact that you're being here listening today. And you may feel nervous and that's okay. Just allow it and do what you need to feel safe and comfortable enough to stay with us. I invite you to listen in a place where you can pause the recording to do some journaling activities and have a pen and paper ready if that is a possibility for you. Here is how we will spend our time together. I'll start by stepping out of my comfort zone to share some of my story. We'll spend some time facing some hard truth and we'll make space for whatever comes up. We won't stay in this discomfort for too long before we learn how to take care of ourselves. We'll also learn a little bit about the science of what is happening when we are overwhelmed and how we take care of ourselves. And maybe the main reason that you're here today is to learn what to do next. So we'll talk about ways to shift from anxiety into inspired action. Finally, we'll end with a quick recap. So a few words about me. Like many of you, I grew up being told that I'm too shy, too sensitive, I was told to finish my plate because there are starving children in Africa. My parents were very strict about not wasting anything, especially not food. I respect that, of course, but it also resulted in shame and guilt. I lived my life trying to fit in and feeling inadequate because I couldn't meet those high standards. For the longest time, I cared about the environment, but I was only doing the basics like recycling, not wasting food, water, electricity, or gas. But for most of my life, I was too overwhelmed to watch the news. I assumed that I couldn't do anything about climate change because I was too sensitive and I did not have the personality of an activist. So over the years, I've been through a lot of personal transitions including moving from France to the US, getting married and divorced, adopting a child, shifting career, and going back to school at midlife. And later on, I discovered that I was an HSP. I have spent hours reading self-help books, studying psychology, and finally becoming a coach. And then, one day, I was called to attend an online summit featuring Jane Goodall. I don't know why, I was just really drawn to it. I was so anxious before the event. I cried during the whole thing, and after, I was left transformed. It was a light bulb moment for me. I felt validated when I realized that my emotions related to climate change were far from abnormal. In fact, it would be concerning if I didn't feel anything. 
Soon after, I had a flashback of saving newspaper articles about the Earth Summit in Brazil when I was 13 years old. At that moment, I heard a voice telling me, this time, I'm going to listen. So one thing led to another until I discovered the field of climate coaching. Finally, I could see it. There was something I could do. I was a coach, and that could be my way of doing something about climate change. So today, I help other HSPs and introverts find their quiet activist voice through coaching and hosting an online community called The Quiet Activists, where we all come together to read about climate solutions, not only what doesn't work, but what does work and lifts us up. We get together in live meetings to share what we're experiencing and validating each other, supporting each other. And as a coach, I give tips and coach challenges, questions for reflections. So I guide you through this process of facing climate change and finding your own voice to do something about it. I am sharing this story because I'd like to point out three lessons that I learned. Shame doesn't work. Listening to your heart does work. And if I can do it, so can you. Let's move on to the next step. You probably are very familiar with news headlines that are very overwhelming. We hear about the climate crisis all the time. Rather than avoiding the topic, I invite you to take a moment to make space for it. So let's listen to just a few of these facts. We lose Arctic sea ice at a rate of almost 13% per decade. And over the past 30 years, the oldest and thickest ice in the Arctic has declined by a stunning 95%. Climate change is central to California's wildfires and to many other disasters like floods, hurricanes, droughts, and more. In 2017, the number of undernourished people was estimated to have increased to 821 million partly due to severe droughts associated with a strong El Nino of 2015 to 2016. There are so many more headlines like this. I don't need to keep going. You probably know of plenty of facts that are very disturbing and very overwhelming. In fact, you may know someone who has been impacted by hurricanes just recently or by other weather conditions because it is becoming more and more common. These events are not far away anymore. They're right in our backyard. I could have updated those facts. I could have given you more, but to be honest, it was too distressing for me to search for updated facts to choose from. And the reason I am bringing this up is to have an opportunity to say that our responses to these facts are perfectly normal. And of course, as HSPs, we experience them even more deeply. So let's stay here for a moment and truly acknowledge whatever emotions are coming up. What are these emotions that you're experiencing? Is it worry, fear, anxiety, anger, rage, fury, grief or sadness? Is it hopelessness, helplessness, despair? Maybe there is guilt or shame at the lifestyle that we live. 
Maybe there's resignation. What is your experience? Let's take a few minutes. If you can pause this recording and are in a safe place, if you're not driving, of course. If you can pause and journal for a few minutes, I really encourage you to do so. There is no shame, no guilt, nothing wrong with whatever you are feeling or thinking right at this moment. It's very important to acknowledge these emotions because it's the very first step in feeling validated and in being able to cope, to simply notice without judgment. I'd like to share this quote. It is an excerpt from the book, Climate Change Coaching. Climate grief differs from other forms of grief in that rather than one loss, we experience multiple losses, both past, current, and anticipated. Where the pain of a more traditional form of loss may lessen over time, climate grief may keep returning, ever sharp and differently textured with each new loss. If we can learn to grieve well, making space for it and knowing that it will not destroy us, we can accept grief as a familiar friend and that acceptance might allow us to experience a deeper connection to our world. If we can do that, then there is a gift in this time of sadness and anxiety. In surrendering to grief, we can connect to love. And another quote that I love is that grief is just deep love with nowhere to go. Let's move on to our next step because we don't want to stay in that state of discomfort and overwhelm. And you probably know a lot of what I am about to share from being in Julie Bielen's community, the sensitive empowerment community. Self-care is essential to be at our best and we need to be at our best to face this huge and complex problem of our changing climate. Here is another quote from Thich Nahan. Feelings come and go like clouds in a windy sky. Conscious breathing is my anchor. So let's do this together. Let's take care of ourselves by taking three deep breaths together. Breathe in on the count of three and breathe out on the count of six. As if you were blowing a candle, it helps make the exhale longer. Let's do this three times together. One last time. This is called a power breath, and it is an effective method to soothe your nervous system. I'd like to share a few more practices. You don't need to remember them all. It's a list that hopefully will spark some interest, some curiosity, maybe something new that you haven't tried before. The important thing is to find what works for you. Here we go. You can name the inner critic. So you can say, I see you fear, I see you anger. You can file it away in a box. You can shake it off, literally shake your body. You can move energy through the chakras. You can journal in the third person. I would say, Alex is feeling very sad. 
and it helps put distance between you and that strong emotion. You can scream underwater, maybe in the bathtub or if you have an opportunity to swim. You can punch a pillow, again, letting that energy out. You can toss a ball or run or jump. Remember, emotion starts with an E, motion, with the word motion, emotions need to move. You can listen to music and dance. You can play Tetris or do another type of game. You can do math facts or history facts. That is a very effective tool because your brain cannot continue to be overwhelmed when it has to switch to thinking about a problem, for example. So it's a like flipping a switch, you're using a different part of your brain and it helps reduce the overwhelm quite quickly. You can sing your thoughts to jingle bells. That is another one that I really love because it brings up, usually you feel silly and just that laughter, that silliness is again a way to soothe our nervous system and to shift out of the fight or flight response. So you can sing... I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm really overwhelmed. And see, it feels pretty silly and I'm sure you're all smiling right now. It doesn't diminish, of course, the seriousness of these emotions. These are tools to help us cope. So think for a moment, what else are you using? Now, these are the first steps in reducing the intensity of emotion. And then we also want to take it a step further. Once our intense emotions have settled, we still can feel drained, sometimes have an emotional hangover, feeling really tired mentally, even physically. So here are practices to soothe our systems and replenish, recharge ourselves. They can be small, like lighting a white candle. You can take a shower or a bath. You can dim the lights. 80% of our stimulation comes from the eyes, there are visual stimulation. So dimming the lights or closing your eyes for 30 seconds are very effective. You can drink warm water or a cup of tea. You can look at a tree or a plant or better if you have a window and you can see nature outside of your window, just spend 60 seconds to take it all in. You can take a forest bath or walk in the woods. You can hug yourself. You can pet your pet, practice mindful eating, or inhale the scent of an essential oil or use essential oils in other ways that you like. You can also cuddle under a blanket, maybe a weighted blanket is something that HSPs have shared as a very effective method for them. Now let's talk about what just happened. We will go quickly through this information because again, Julie reminds us all the time in the sensitive empowerment community what it's like to be hijacked and that it doesn't serve anyone to stay in this state. If you haven't checked out her courses, please do. She has so much wonderful information and such helpful tools to help you reduce your overwhelm from climate change, but also from life in general. So you may have heard of the tiger story Usually it's a common example used to explain what the fight, flight, or freeze response is. That's when our ancestors would see a tiger, 
and their survival instinct was that their heart was racing, uh, they became sweating, they were breathing hard. So the blood is moving from the brain to the muscles so that they could run away. Now that was a helpful response that our ancestors needed to face predators or other dangers. Of course, of course, these responses are not useful in modern society. This is why alarmist messages, doom and gloom scenarios, and shocking news headline about climate change do not work. When we hear climate crisis, it's normal to panic. We're using the word crisis. Our brains respond to that word. Then we can avoid a topic. We might get angry or aggressively defend our position. We might feel stuck and frozen with despair. These are the fight, flight, or freeze responses to a, even just a word crisis. And they're natural responses to threats. The good news is that in the past 30 years, there have been amazing advances in the fields of neuroscience, behavioral change, and psychology, and more. Research shows that focusing on positive emotions, strengths, and values is the most effective way to change in significant and sustainable ways. If you're interested in the research, you may want to look up Barbara Fredrickson, a major figure in the field of positive psychology, and the person who discovered that even micro moments of positive emotions, so just a few seconds or a few minutes, can change our brain and start a positive spiral. This means that one small amount of positive emotion triggers another and another and another. When this happens, the opposite of the fight or flight response happens. Our brains work better, our cognitive functions expand. This means that we think more creatively, we're more collaborative, there are so many other benefits. This is what is needed to face such a complex problem as climate change. So what do we do with this? I'll share one more quote by Lao Tzu. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. So first, we don't aim to save the world. We start by taking small steps and very specific steps. There are four factors for successful change. The first one, psychological safety, is what we already talked about. So letting our emotions rise, observing them without judgment, and taking care of ourselves to return to a safe place. To be motivated to change, we also need three things, meaning, self-efficacy, and community. So how do we find meaning? Again, if you're in a place where it's possible for you to pause the recording and journal, I invite you to take a few moments to do this. Please write whatever arises when you think about the following questions. Or if you're driving, you can pause the recording and simply think about these questions. Going back to childhood is often a very good way to remember what we deeply care about. For me, saving that newspaper article about the Earth Summit was significant. This memory reminded me that I always cared about the Earth and the environment. For you, it may be social justice, food security, gender equality, protecting a certain habitat, saving an animal species, or a way of life that is threatened. Let's think about those questions together. When was a time when you were a child when you were deeply inspired by an experience, a book, a character, a cartoon, a movie, 
or maybe a person you met? What did you admire in the people or characters involved? What made you cry or laugh? What moved you or energized you about this story or experience? What did you dream of becoming at that moment? What does that tell you about your values? With more time and exploration, you can find what is really meaningful to you. And a quote by Jane Goodall is that whatever you do, do it out of love, not out of guilt. Taking action just for the sake of doing something is not effective nor sustainable. Doing something out of love is what will keep you going in the long run, even when there are bumps in the road and you get discouraged. If you do something you truly care about, you will bounce back and keep going. Self-efficacy is another criteria for effective change. This means that you believe you have the skills and knowledge to be successful at what you are doing. To have the greatest impact, stick to what you know, what you're good at, and what you love. What is that for you? Let's take a few minutes again, pause the recording, and think about these questions. What are you passionate about? What skills do you have? What services do you offer? What do others come to you for? What HSP gifts are you most proud about? What makes you, you? And don't think about this in the context of climate change. Take it in life in general, whether you love baking, you love being involved in your kids' school activities, where, whether it's work that fulfills you. Think about your entire life, not a specific professional skill or a skill that we often associate with climate activism. Your HSP gifts are your superpowers and they're all needed. Even if you don't see an obvious way to apply them in the context of climate change, I am sure that there is a way, because in the world we live in, everything is connected. Another quote by Margaret Mead is, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed individuals can change the world. In fact, it's the only thing that ever has. There are many benefits of being part of a community, and here are just a few. The longest study ever conducted about happiness shows that at the end of our life, it is usually relationships that are the main contributor to happiness. Community also brings validation, emotional support, accountability, creativity and innovation, inspiration, motivation, fun, and so much more. Once again, be authentic and surround yourself with people who allow you to be at your best. Don't force it. The options are so many, are, they're endless in this virtual world. So find a group that fits you. We're coming to the end of this podcast. So let's recap what we have covered today. To step into your quiet activist self, please allow all emotions to be with the greatest compassion. Acknowledge them by naming them, taking the time to be with them. Take good care of yourself. Step out of the fight or flight zone with whatever practice works for you. Do extra self-care to nourish and soothe your nervous system. Once you are feeling safe, remember what you value the most deeply and find a way to act in alignment with this purpose. Use your gifts. There is no need to learn new skills or to step completely out of your comfort zone. In fact, it's counterproductive. And lastly, whatever you do, enjoy the company and accept the support of others. 
I'm here to support you as well. Please don't hesitate to reach out. Again, I'm Alex Arnold from Alma Coaching, and I'm a climate resilience coach and the host of the Quiet Activists online community to help HSPs, empaths, and introverts shift from climate anxiety to inspired action. Thank you so much.